with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We have a great show today. We're going to be talking about our trip to uh, Mexico. We just got back from Durango, Mexico. And um, I do want to shed a little light on our high school tour here in the States. We, uh, we, where did we go? We went to Big Bear. We went to, where did we go? Did we go to some Orange County schools too? We went to the High Desert. Hesperia. Hesperia. Like Elsinore. We've been, we've been all around and we are continuing to be booking. So please contact us at the info at the whosoevers.com. Uh, we are doing a worldwide tour. We are booking schools in the States. We're pretty much going anywhere uh, possible. So contact us. I have the, um, I have Sean McKeon in studio. I have Christina Beaudreau in. Did I murder your name or is that right? You murdered Beaudreau? One day. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Christina Boder Boudreau Boudreau. I think it's Boudreau. Now you just confused Boudreau. me even more. I'm confused. Boudreau. Boudreau. Yeah. I said it right, Boudreau. Yeah. You guys know her from this from being on the show uh many times. And then we have Daniel's son, which he's been on the show a few times. Yeah, a few times. Right? You work with us, he travels the world with me, and uh he gets to see all the action. He's been in the middle of a revival since he started. Yep. In the mix. In the mix, in the mix. And God's doing something special with it. But today, I want to talk about what's been going on. And, um, you know, what we've been experiencing in the last couple months, it's, it's, it's just amazing what God's doing. I can honestly say now, more than ever, I read the scriptures, and they're just coming alive even more than ever. Like, I would read the Bible before, and I'd be like, okay, God, like, I want to see this happen in my lifetime. And some stuff would happen here and there and, you know, like a healing would happen or, you know, um, you know, you see people, you preach the gospel and a bunch of people would get saved and just different uh, things would be happening. But, um, you know, in, in we're part of the Calvary Chapel movement and the movement started uh, with a really radical move of the Holy Ghost. There was just an outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit moves, it uh, shakes the place and some people get uncomfortable and, um, you know, some people uh, like to just jump on board and just watch it move. And that was the birth of the movement is that you had this whole hippie movement of people getting saved radically. And God was pouring out a spirit in a radical way. You had guys like Lonnie Frisbee doing his thing on, uh, I think it was like on Saturday nights or Friday night concerts. And um, it was just the power of the spirit moving at that time. And from there, obviously... Uh, the church, Chuck Smith was teaching the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit on the concert nights with Lonnie Frisbee, all these people were getting saved. Then they were getting plugged into church and getting discipled through the word of God uh, with the Bible. And, you know, that's a great legacy uh, to be part of. And what's been awesome, Sean, is that I've been traveling the world. And as I've come across Calvary Chapel pastors, it seems like there's a, a great move happening in the Calvary Chapel movement where mm. they want to go back to the move of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, it's they've noticed that they've come, uh, we've kind of got pulled away from that. We've talked about the Holy Spirit a lot, but we don't actually um, see him move a lot. And uh, a lot of pastors have been really mm. wanting to go back to the, the afterglows and, and actually just letting the Spirit move. Mm. On, on people and let them get filled and, and bring the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, back to the movement. So it's been incredible to just see um, 
what's been happening with Nathan out in New York and uh, uh, there's some other pastors in, in, in um, Mexico I want to talk about today about what happened down there. A little revival has been yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. So, um, But I do want to talk about what's been going on in the schools because there's been a shift in the movement this year. And you guys have probably seen it. Christina is actually one of our ambassadors. She, uh, she's been uh, touring the schools as well. And I think last year, uh, you know, we were, we were kind of talking and we were like, man, like, we need to see the Holy Spirit, like, move in, in, in a more powerful way than, than he has been. Because sometimes you could just be in the church and you could know the Word of God and you read about it. And, yeah, there was healings and there was words given and revival was breaking out. The Holy Spirit was just falling on people. And it's almost like you could know the stories, but you don't really believe it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus in Mark 16, he said... You know, go out and preach the gospel, and signs and wonders will follow. You will speak in tongues. You will take up a serpent. If you drink anything daily, it won't by no means hurt you. You can lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So for me, I've just really, like, I don't know, man. I, ever since I got saved, I got saved so radically that i just been asking God and begging Him for Him to really pour out a spirit hmm. in a powerful way. Like, I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to see them. That, that's what Jesus commissioned the disciples to do. Mm-hmm. He said, preach the gospel and these signs will follow. So I've been just asking him, saying, okay, God, why in the heck aren't these signs, they're following, but, you know, we hear, we, you know, we've been taught in the Calvary Chapel movement, you know, that, you know, I, you know, it's just, God just does what he wants to do, you know, and, and obviously he does what he wants to do. But I think that sometimes we limit him to what he really wants to do. You know, we're like, well, God, you know, I'm sick because I'm, I'm just sick. Or like, I, you know, maybe God, you'll, you'll heal a person here. Maybe not. I don't know. It's just whatever you want to do. But I think it's more like Jesus says, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open. Keep on asking mm-hmm. and I will give you like, why is it, why is the, God going to give us a kid a scorpion when you're asking for a loaf of bread. Yeah. I feel like God wants to do more. And that's just really been like the urgency. And you guys, you've been, you hang out with me a lot on the road. Yeah. You know, you know, you know how I am on the road. Sean, you know me for years, obviously, but they've seen me on the road. And I just don't think there's any limit. I think that God wants to release the spirit without limit. And that's what I've been asking him to do, not only in my personal life, but in the life of the movement and people around me because I want to see high impact. I want to see what the disciples did. I want to see that come to life. And there was a, there was a period over the last probably um, six months um, where I was just, I was going through all the Chuck Smith CDs of the, the gifts of the spirit, mm-hmm. reading the books from Jim Hesterly, the gifts of the spirit, um, reading the gospels. And I have learned about them double and triple overtime. Mm-hmm. And, I would be at afterglows or I'd be at a worship conference and I'm talking about all different denominations and all different places. Cause I travel over the place and speak and I kept getting the same word from strangers and they would be like, I see that you're, you're trying to go deeper in the, the gifts of the Holy spirit, but you're like, you're hitting a plateau. You can't, you can't go farther, but there's going to be breakthrough. And it's like, I kept getting the same word over and over and over that I wasn't, I was there, but God was going to do something, but it wasn't, it just wasn't there yet. 
So I thought, okay, I'm just going to keep reading about the gifts. I'm going to keep studying the Bible about it. And then finally, and we would see people get healed. Like last year, we prayed for students at schools, and they'd get healed right there on the spot. Um, but not all of them. You know, there would be like one out of five, or I'd go to, like I was at church in, where was I? I was in like New York or Delaware, and I prayed for like five people after to get healed, and, and only one girl got healed with this chronic pain through her whole body where the, no doctors or anyone could find out. But I was like, how come that one girl's ear didn't open? Or how come this guy's back, didn't, you know? And I was just kept questioning God going, in the scriptures it says, you sent out the disciples and they prayed for everyone and all the sick got healed and the demons came out. And then even Jesus, he's in the house and they brought everyone to him and they all got healed. I'm like, if the spirit could operate without limit, how come it's not happening with us? So with all that said, I was studying so hard on all this stuff. And then finally I was just like, you know what, God? I'm like, you're going to do it when you, when you want to do it. So then I started studying revelations. I just went to the whole opposite. I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to continue revelations. I haven't been to revelations in a while. So I went to end times prophecy and dude, I just walked away from all of it. I studied it. I walked away and I said, God, I can't do anything on my own. It has to be a sovereign work of your, your grace. Mm. And, uh, I just started studying revelations and then boom, there there was just a shift. Mm. There was a shift that started happening in the schools. Like I'm thinking, I'm seeing, we're seeing more people get saved especially even with you. There's been an increase with you of, of what God's doing with you. More people are getting saved. More people are getting healed. Um, words are happening, you know, whether they're hearing God audibly or in vision format or, or uh, you know, people are speaking words over them, the whole thing. But basically, um, that's basically what's been happening in, in the schools. There was, a, there, was a, there was one girl that, came up to me and we're going to lead into Mexico right now. One girl that came up to me in uh, big bear and she basically came up to me after we prayed for everyone to get filled with the spirit. And then obviously we start praying over, you know, people that are dealing with depression, suicide. See, that's all demonic. I mean, yeah. uh, dude, literally like what I'm seeing in the, out there, it's demonic. Mm-hmm. So I'm praying that if there's anything that's demonic, that's around these people supernaturally, the demon demon world, it has to leave in Jesus name. And then we're asking that God will heal them of depression, suicide, heal their hearts, their minds, unforgiveness. They've been molested, abused. I mean, we just kind of go through the whole thing and just ask that God will just touch their, their life and, after, and get filled with the Holy Spirit because that's where the, that's where the change happens. Well, you know, as we're about to transition, getting yeah. into what happened in Durango, you guys have been to Mexico a couple times in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. You've been like twice, three, yeah. three times? Uh, we were there like, uh, I feel like you've gone there a few times, three times, maybe four, right? At least three times. And, and for the people that have been following, uh, this whole trip, like you're seeing hundreds, thousands of people look like in some of these photos. Um, and you guys are doing events at schools. You're you're speaking other places. God has opened up a, a lot of doors. You've been able to go on a couple. Was this your first time to Mexico with them? And you've been on a couple times. Yeah, you've been on all of them, right? Yeah, all of them. To so Mexico. actually, two to Mexico. As you're looking at like this one that you guys just got back from, a lot of excitement, everything that God has done. What did, what was different about this trip, and what is God doing in Mexico? Yeah, let's. I want to hear from your perspective because you were you were on the. Uh, the first or the last two tours, the Cuernavaca. The previous two in Cuernavaca. Yeah, that one was, those were amazing. And we did see 
a ton of kids come to the Lord, like thousands, like you said, over the over the two trips we did this year, actually, in, um, in previous months. And the difference between this one coming that we just came back from was what Ryan was talking about, about the, the Holy Spirit moving again mm-hmm. and kids getting healed, like just you're just stepping out. And we just seen like just all the kids that would get healed or people um, they'd get spoken into their lives mm-hmm. through the Lord. And that was the huge difference from the other ones mm-hmm. where we'd see a ton of kids come to the Lord and they'd give their lives to God and we'd start talking to them and pouring into them. But this one was different because so much of that was happening. Like so much of the Spirit was affecting these kids' lives and healing them physically, and their lives were getting spoken into, and they were getting healed emotionally as well um, through unforgiveness and things that Ryan just spoke about. The difference is what we were talking about before the show is that we are now allowing the Holy Spirit to move. Yeah. We're not, we're not um, doing our, like, let's go up and just preach the gospel, and then that's it. Okay, people got saved. We're actually allowing the Holy Spirit to pour out on people mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. So what we're doing, the difference is now we're, we're leading them to the Lord. We're preaching the gospel, breaking down the cross in, in you know, no compromise. Mm. And then after, when they come forward, we start praying. And then God will give, like, Christina words for people. And then she'll get up and she'll, she'll speak those words over them. And then all of a sudden they'll raise their hand. She prays over them. And then we just start doing what Jesus said. He says, lay hands on the sick. Mm. So I just said everyone with pain in their body spine, chronic headaches, uh, hips, um, wheelchairs, people who were like, whatever, come forward. And basically, as we, what would happen, there has been a shift of the power of the Holy Spirit, is that everyone that we laid our hands in, on on this trip got healed. It got so ridiculous that he, Daniel already films. He's already filming everything anyway. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, it got so ridiculous. I said, Daniel, Film everything because no one's going to believe us mm. what happened. We saw 195 people get healed. Um, what was going on? We've we seen um, – there was one guy we pulled out of a wheelchair. He had like a major surgery and he had to use a walker normally. Yeah. And he was walking. And there was another girl uh, that had like – she never walked before. And she – when we started praying for her, this is the first school. Like 35 people got healed on the first school. This is when we knew it was – Holy Spirit was pouring out. So what happened is first we started praying for everyone and people were getting healed. And then what I would do is because this is what I want to I want to stress on the show um, is that I'm not a healer. It's the work of the Holy Spirit right. in, inside of me and you and everyone. So my whole reason why I like to do these radio shows and talk about this stuff is because I want to activate people. Mm. I want people to get uncomfortable. I want them to be like Peter and step out of the boat and not be like the other sissy disciples that sat in the boat mm. and they were all scared because it's unknown territory. Yeah. When you are led and powered by the Holy Spirit, you got to take risks. You got to be able to step out of the boat. You don't know what's going to happen when you just say, we're going to pray for you and you're going to get healed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know. So basically what happened is I would pray for someone, they would get healed and because they would get healed, they would, their mouth would drop and they'd be like, I cannot believe this is happening. So then what I would do is I would grab the student and say, now since you got healed and you have the faith, now you lay your hands on the next student. And I lead them in the prayer and then they get healed. And then the next student grabs the next student and then he prays. And basically it's a chain of events where all the students are now praying for everyone and everyone is getting healed. It got so crazy that the Students went, I mean, well, if there was eight teachers when we were leaving, that means there was 20-something students that got healed there. 
So then they went and ran and told the teachers and the principal. So when we were beelining it for the gate to go to the next school, they ran and stopped us at the gate. And they said, hey, all of our students are getting healed. Can you pray for us? So they had like one guy had like scoliosis and and another girl had like neck pain, chronic neck pain in her shoulders. One girl had like all body. This other one of the guys, I think it was the principal, he had like hip problems and knee problems Mm -hmm. that he needed surgery. Dude, this is where I personally just went through and just laid my hands on each one of them. And they all got healed Mm -hmm. right there on the spot. They were just like, I cannot believe this. Sean. This was like so crazy. I don't even believe it. Yeah. I'm literally going, wait, you're healed? And the guy's like, yeah, I feel fuego, fuego on my back. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, let me pray for your knee. Boom. And then all of a sudden his knee's like, oh, yeah, yeah, fuego, fuego. They're getting healed right Amazing. there. on. And it's not the same thing every time. Some people say they feel lighter or they just have no pain or like, you know, they'll feel like it's like hot on their back. Just different things that God manifests in different ways. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you read through the Bible. But it got that intense. So the word got out that these people called everyone. So then more schools were trying to book us. And we just kept going to every school, mm-hmm. preaching the gospel. Then we should get words for people and say it over them, pray for healing. And then we would bring everyone in that was physical and just line them all up and just start praying for them. And we filmed pretty much almost basically all pretty much 99. It, it got so crazy. There were so many healings that were like, dude, we have to make a drop box for yeah. this videos. Daniel, when it comes to this trip, because you've been around youth a long time, you you grew up in the church and everything. So when you're over there, one one thing that I'm thinking is like when you go to these events and you have those crowds of people, the kids must be locked in, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of time, you know, kids can be distracted or whatnot. Yeah, of course. When the Holy Spirit's moving, there is just you can hear a pin drop, right? Mm-hmm. When you're speaking, um, what was that like over there? Like that attention to the message being spoken and the what God's speaking to them. Yeah, well, obviously, when before we get there, we always pray about, like, just, Lord, just get them, you know, just mm-hmm. get their hearts so that they'll be focused and stuff. And so when we're there, obviously, there's stuff happening on the outskirts of stuff, but mm-hmm. on the inside, everyone's locked in. Like, he starts talking, and they're still kind of messing around. They're still hyped up from the products we give out and stuff right. like that and the music and everything. But once the message starts and he starts talking, that's when the Holy Spirit just drops on them, and everyone just kind of quiets down. They're, like, listening. They're reacting to his story of, mm-hmm. like, everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And by the end, when he's giving that like message for them to come forward, it's like, get, it's like surprising how many kids come forward because you think they're messing around, you think they're not listening, right. but in the end, they they all start coming forward. Just like they hear the message and they hear the invitation, and just the spirit just draws them. It's not even so much of what like he says. It's like the spirit just draws them from you know the invitation that's being made. Yeah, and you know, going you know in that location area, you see tons of kids out there. And in Durango, uh, religious stuff in, in, in Mexico, right? Yeah. Whether it's from old school um, uh, Catholics, stuff like that. So it's a lot of stuff. So when they see something that is genuine and real and the Holy Spirit is moving, I'm sure that changes a lot of people's lives. Well, it's, it's really quick. Yeah. It's, we're going to get to Christina right now for sure because I want her to share what's, what happened with her because God used her in a, in a powerful way. Um, the government in Mexico is, is built on an atheist government. So the fact that we're even talking about God in yeah. Durango, there, there, there's bigger doors that are open in Durango than even uh, with Cuernavaca. Mm-hmm. Cuernavaca, they were like freaking out that we were doing altar calls at first. But the girl that we were working with, Marcella, in, in Durango, she was actually going to school. She was trying to be a, the president of, the, of Mexico. 
She she worked in she like she worked in government. She was mm-hmm. like a congress or something. She worked in government, and then God just told her to like peace out and, and just serve mankind. So her doors like oh, she has huge. full she has full doors to like if it would be like CNN or Fox News or whatever. When we were live on those stations in the morning and at night, and then um, what were they interviewing? And we were about? talking about God. I know, but were they talking about like the, the you guys tour. were in town? Yeah, the, the, about tour. the tour, what yeah. we're doing, and you could fully talk about God. Like the doors, That's it amazing. was it was like I could not believe. I was actually like, we could talk about Jesus right now, like right. full blown, That's sick. full blown on live TV with no edits. Yeah, wow. so the doors were like wide open mm. down there. Yeah, but yeah, it was definitely. Um, it was just amazing. What a uh, so what what because I mean, we did like we went to like uh, what else did we do? We did like house. We went to like a house. Talk a little bit about some of the some of your experiences there. Yeah, so I think my favorite story was a story of a little boy that we met at. Well, he was probably in junior high or high school. We met him at Calvary Chapel uh, Durango, and basically, this young boy. We went to his school that day. You know, gave an altar call. You know, he had, we had prayed for his knees. God had healed him. Never Mm. been to church before. Uh, And basically, Calvary Chapel Durango is right next to a very rough neighborhood. So every day as a part of their outreach, they go and they feed the kids in the neighborhoods and they give them food and they come. So when we're at Calvary Chapel Durango, we did, you know, kind of like a youth event and a lot of the church people were there. And we did kind of a time for the Holy Spirit to move. We prayed for healing. And the, and I was sitting in the back, and the Lord was just, like, pounding. And I was like, Christina, one more thing, one more thing. And I was like, okay. So I went up, and I was like, Ryan, have one more thing. And so I just was like, there's some kid in here. I don't know who you are. Mm. And, but, and we found all of this out, what I just told you. We found this out after. But I was like – and I, I thought these were old church kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't know these were kids from the street. And I just was like, there's a kid in here, and I just see an image of you opening up your pantry and your fridge, and there's no food. And you see alcohol in your fridge, and you're looking at the clock when your parents are going to come home, and when they come home, there's no food. And I see you going to the store, and you're stealing food. And but and a lot of that is a representation that you're not only starving for physical food, but for family. And I was like, the Lord just wants you to know today that his house is a place where there's physical food, but also spiritual food. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if that is you. So I just had everyone close their eyes. I was like, if that's you, raise your hand. And this kid is sobbing in mm-hmm. the front row, yeah. raising his hand. Mm-hmm. And so the, I like motioned for the pastor of the church to come and he just laid hands on him. And basically this kid, when we talked to him after, he told us that he was at the school. And then, you know, that day, he saw when they went to his neighborhood to feed, he saw the whosoever sticker and was like, oh, I'm going to go to church tonight. He comes to church. God gives him a word about his life. Mm-hmm. And I and here it is, like when I think of the story of the Samaritan woman, mm-hmm. it was her testimony of how God encountered her yep. and told her something about her life that mm-hmm. he wouldn't have known that she went back to her village and the whole village, you know, yep. like got saved. Yep. And I think of and this little boy, yeah, that... He was going to then, I mean, he ended up getting plugged into the church and they're, you know, they're taking care of him, mm. but he's going to be able to go back to his little area where yeah. and say, God not only healed me today, but God spoke something about my life that no one else would have yeah. known. It was like so detailed. And I literally was like, God, this is, has to be you or else, you know, I'm mm. going to look stupid on stage, yeah. but God came through. And I think that was a lot of our trip where God mm. was just like, 
this person being healed might seem like something too big for you, but it's not too mm. big for me. So just step out. Mm. Like Jairus was stepping out and praying for people. Daniel was. Mm. Yes, sir. Ryan. Dude, some skater that his yeah. legs were his. He had like a. Yeah. Who was the person? Oh, I think you went up and prayed. There was a. There's this group of skaters that weren't. Um, yeah. They weren't talking. Yeah, they were. Or they were talking around. the whole time. But one guy right. had a knee brace on. Yes. And they didn't pay attention to the, any of the, yeah. the stuff. Right. So you went up to him, right? Yeah. So basically there was like <laughs> – so um, at, at different schools, what me and Yesser and Katie would do is that when Ryan was doing you know, the altar call and we would – and all the kids were there, we would, we would look at the kids on the outskirts. We're just like, God, like who do you want to right. touch? You know. And so there was a group of kids that were literally just like punking around, all these skaters. They were making a lot of noise, doing tricks. And one of the kids had a brace. And so I grabbed Marcella and I was like, dude, let's go. And I think at this mm-hmm. point, I don't know if I had stepped out to pray for anyone to get healed on the trip. So I was like, God, this is this is for you. Mm-hmm. And so basically the Lord showed me like that in this kid's heart that he had a lot of anger towards his father and a lot of bitterness. And so when I went up to him and all his friends were around and they just were like these chicks, you know, whatever. Right. And so I just was like, Hey, like God showed me something about your life. And I was wondering if I could share with you. And he was so respectful mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah. And I was like, you've had a lot of anger in your heart towards your dad, but God wants to encounter you with mm-hmm. his love today. And he just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like God just wants to heal your knee today so that when you skate, you will know that it was God the Father that healed you with his love. Mm-hmm. And every time you skate, you will know that it's him. And I was like, can we pray for you? And all his friends are just like gathering around us. So I literally just laid hands on his knees and I was like, God, just touch him so that he knows it's you. Yeah. And we're just bringing it all back to the Lord. Always. And literally like, and he said that his leg was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. Like the pain was completely gone and he was like, what in the world? And so he literally like did a couple tricks with his, um, brace with his brace on and he was and his friends were like what Mm. and then he took his brace off and he was like there's no pain and he did a few more tricks and i was like all of this is jesus Mm. of nazareth yeah so you guys know that god is real so here it is that like ryan was you know preaching the gospel people are getting healed over here but god's like oh i'm not only gonna touch this kid but Mm. all these kids are now gonna know Not just because, because I think their view of church is religion. Right. Yes. You know, it's the Catholic church and within the Catholic church, there's been so much corruption. Mm-hmm. All that's all they know. But also these kids, when sometimes when they hear about Jesus, they're just like, oh, whatever, some guy with a robe and incense. Right. But they can't refute the power of God. Mm-hmm. So that's why the story of the woman of Samaria, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, come here, man, who told me everything about me. What I love that, that mm-hmm. story right there is because in the massive you know, the multitudes, mm-hmm. God cares about the individual. Yeah. And that's how God works in all of our lives. He works in our lives individually. Mm-hmm. And when you're led by the Spirit of God, you're able to see that need in, in somebody's life. And God led you. That's an amazing story. That's, that's what was going on on the trip after the, the gospel. Because the gospel, as you're preaching the gospel, it's like shooting a shotgun into the crowd, mm-hmm. you know. But then as, as you start getting uh, prophetic words or, or word of knowledges for people, um, basically what happens is that's when God pulls out, that's when you pull out the sniper gun mm-hmm. and you just start picking one person off at a time. And that was, that's what was going on, uh, at these events when we just allowed the, okay, okay, we preach the gospel. Now, God, what do you want to do? And that's when he started picking different people off. Mm-hmm. And then there would be other groups of guys. I don't know if you remember, there was an outdoor area where it was really cold and windy that day. And those three guys at the end, they kept lurking around and they had hard hearts and basically, they didn't want anything to do with it. So I ended up praying for one of the guys to get healed. Hmm. 
and he ended up getting healed. And then that led him to accepting the Lord. And then the other guy, I think two of them got healed. And then the, and then all three of them gave their life to the Lord. That's amazing. And then you got a word for one of them, I think. Uh, one of the guys, yeah. So crazy. It, that's, and that's what I'm talking about is about how the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. how we, God wants to move. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing him. If you just let him, he just, he'll do it. He wants to reach as many as possible, and he wants to get personal with people as well. Yeah. We're going to be going to break here in a few seconds. Um, hey, book our tour. Go to thewhosoevers.com and book us. We are traveling the world, so we will come, and we will bring the tour directly to your country, and uh, we'll do it as soon as possible. So, yeah, hit us up, thewhosoevers.com. A 15-year-old living in today's world gathers as much information in one day as a 15-year-old 80 years ago would have gathered in one full year. Do you realize the youth suicide rate is at an all-time high? Listen, in the next 24 hours in the USA alone, 1,439 teens will attempt suicide. Every 100 minutes, a teen takes their own life. 2,795 teenage girls will become pregnant and 15,006 teens will use drugs for the first time. The increasing amount of noise bombarding our students daily is destroying their minds and souls at an alarming rate. For this reason, the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour is a necessity. More live with Ryan Reese coming up. Is everything all right? Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop de doo Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. in the studio psyching on this whole Mexico trip. It's seriously my head still spinning from this thing and I cannot wait to get back to Durango <laughs> because what God did down there. Sean, you need to come out. We got to get you out of the church and get you into the mix. When was that? So you guys went to Mexico three times. This Durango one. This, are you, when are you guys going back again? We went to, uh, we were in the Cordovaca four times and then Durango once. So we're trying to go back I think in three months or two months. Mm. To go back because I guess Durango's not even the biggest city there, wow. so they even have a bigger city. Well, the schools, the schools, well, an, a couple like an hour away from Durango, the major city, they heard what was happening in Durango in the school, so the schools started contacting her and saying, "Hey, get out here to the major city." Mm. So, dude, it's just opening like like floodgates. But before we went to the break, we were just talking about how uh, God was just showing up and and uh, meeting people personally in their lives. But I do want to address a couple of the other stories. Um, let's talk about the jail. So we went into the jail, juvenile detention center. So when we're there in the juvenile detention center, also they're all there for murder and, you know, I don't know, cutting up people and running drugs and yeah. guns and kidnapping and, you know, all those things. We went to one of those in Cuernavaca as well. But when we got there, we went in and um, – Jarris and all those dudes were shredding. They had escape. They had their skateboards, and so they did a demonstration for him. You talk about it a little bit. 
Yeah, we like at every school that we went to, the guys brought ramps. So these kids are getting like the full on show, and they're even involved in it. We're jumping over them and I stuff like that. that. Yeah, the kids are getting <laughs> wild. They're, they they love it, and we get to pull them in from the crowd too. So did you guys jump? Did they jump the mayor? The mayor at several different schools. They jumped the principals. They jumped the mayor, the mayor. but the mayor did he get? I think, Dude, I I think they all yeah. over the mayor. They did. Yeah, yeah they all over the mayor. Yeah, looking at that when you're so old, I'm like, dude, he's going to break his knees. Like, but he's smooth. Hey, and yeah. he gave his life to the Lord. Amazing. The mayor, yeah. <laughs> he got all lead over and got saved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got the whole deal. But So the juvenile detention center. juvenile detention center, yeah. That one was awesome because you just get to see like the kids just having fun. I mean, they're in there, obviously, for whatever crimes they've committed. Mm-hmm. But they just see us come in just having fun with them, just breaking it down, like high-fiving them doing skate demonstrations some of them one of the kids even did a kickflip like some of them skate too so it's just crazy to see them like connect with us right off the bat with the music and everything that we're doing and just come in and then once they start giving the message obviously they give us their attention because we're already connected with them we're already like cool with them so they give their attention and they're just like listening to the stories a lot of them are relating a lot with what christina was saying with what ryan was saying and towards the end like they just break down because they just know exactly what they're talking about and it's just awesome to see them because they're probably around my age too. Like mm-hmm. they're they're young kids, and just to see them in there, but to see them open and willing to like be open to what the Lord has for them and the Spirit to give their lives to Him. And um, a lot of what they talked about with like brokenness, re- ready to leave the drugs, ready to leave the gangs, all mm-hmm. that stuff. They were open. They were like it was a few of them, but they came down and they were ready for it. And they just got prayed over and to see their whole countenance change. You know, to be open to all that stuff. It's just crazy to see that. Well, they all gave their life to Jesus, yeah. but then I think you had a word for them or something. You, you spoke yeah. a word over them, and then that like targeted like a certain group of them. Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah, there was just like I had shared with the kids, you know, were about, the guys and girls in the, the detention? Or um, this one was just guys. Okay. Yeah, and a lot of them. What the Lord had put on my heart was just like that that a lot of times, you know, with these young kids, I, t- I shared with them, you know, like I grew up in a really crazy background. I was put in juvie when I was nine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a lot of you, you grew up with brokenness, you know, and trauma and you join gangs to find family and fathers and they make you do things that made you end up in here. But I was like, but God is a father. And you just share about who God mm-hmm. the father is, you know, biblically yeah. and shared yeah. about his love. And it was just mm-hmm. more of just kind of an exhortation and encouragement. And I said, a lot of you, when you get out of here, realistically, you're going to go back to that because that's all you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not the father that God is, and that's not the fathers that God would want you to get caught up in. So it was really like, how many of you guys are ready to leave that? And I was like, because if you continue down this lifestyle, this is where you're going to end up. And yeah. I was like, if that's Do you know you how hardcore down, that is? Yeah, right. You're yeah. in prison. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how many of y'all are ready to this leave? Thing, <laughs> hey, yeah. honestly, I think that was the most punk rock thing that happened on the drip. Oh, yeah. That, that's yeah. Legit. She's like, you're going to walk away from this stuff in front of all the rest of the inmates. Yeah. yeah. And they stood forward and came forward down. Yeah. 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 I was like, Oh, yeah, true. there was like four or five of them. That was crazy. I, and a lot of, there yeah. So I just was Which like, how many of y'all are ready to be done? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, and I think they just were like this girl with the black uh-huh. lipstick. And so they all, you know, there was like four or five of them that came down. But that to them was a moment of them saying no to the fathers that they wanted family with and saying, mm-hmm. yet, saying yes to the father of heaven to be like, this is this, you know, I belong. Cause that's really all that it boiled down to for yep. them is belonging family, the camaraderie of wanting to belong to something. And so it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what's, you know, what's interesting awesome. how you said that is that, um, I was talking to 
the prisoner, I think it was like the warden at the, the, the prison we're going to talk about in a minute. But they were saying that a lot of these kids grow up in uh, fatherless homes. And now you look at here in California, 50% of people come from fatherless homes. Yep. And I said, well, why is that? They said, because all their dads are leaving Mexico and coming to work in, in, the, in the States. Mm. Wow. This is crazy. This goes to like the border wall and the whole thing. They're leaving mm. Mexico, leaving their wife and their kids at home. Yeah. They're coming to America illegally. Mm-hmm. And then what's happening, the effects of, and I'm not even talking about them being here illegally. That's not my concern. What I'm talking about is that what they're doing is they're leaving their family and these kids are ra- being raised in the fatherless generation and they're joining the gangs and ending up in jail. Yeah. So it's, dude, it's this whole, it's, yeah. when and you really look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the problem of Mexico. Well, the, the Lord wants, I mean, the, the enemy always wants to obviously divide yeah. the home and he's yeah. dividing the culture yeah. and the, the world because of media. It's funny when you go to all these different areas, they're struggling with the same thing because everybody's united, like mm-hmm. with the technology that's there, everybody's seeing a lot of the same imagery, hearing this, a lot of the same things and are caught up the same. Uh, families are being divided in here in the United States of America and Mexico, yeah. everywhere. And when the enemy does that, that, you've seen that stat before where it shows about the family unit. When the, when the, when the father is walking with God, the impact on his, on his wife and his children is huge. The, 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 wife, the mother, though very important as well, the percentage drops way low if only the mother is the one that's seeking the Lord. So you start at the top. Everything starts to cave in, so it makes sense. And you were saying, this goes for all gangs, all this stuff, or even if somebody gets caught up in a false cult or a false religion, a lot of times they get caught up in that because they want to belong to something. They want to be united with something. And when you are open and you just want that, that connection, like brothers, like you, and then you follow and it's actually a lie, and it ends you up in a jail cell. Yeah. It ends you up killed, um, addicted to drugs, some of them. You know, and before you know it, you're living this life. There are how many young, young kids here in, in uh, the United States grew up in suburban neighborhoods thinking they're little gangsters, emulating lifestyles of the rappers that they grew up with, and yet they realize it's leading them to a jail cell. Mm-hmm. And some of these musicians are ending up in Bel Air, Beverly Hills, and bomb, bomb you know, things because a lot of it's a lie and deceit. And to see lives change, transform individually is so powerful. I was saying on the break, too, I, I know there are so many things that took place on this trip, or, you know, nine days, and I know Ryan was excited. Every day, a lot of amazing things have been happening on this trip. But if you could, um, why don't you guys start picking out, like, a story that has impacted you the most, and then we'll fill in the gaps. Christina, what, what is one of the, the moments on this trip that impacted you the most? Do you want to start with that, Daniel? Yeah, it was, it was crazy because... Um, there was actually a whole lot of backstory to it, but the Lord was just honestly leading him to us the entire time because there was some um, rehab centers that we were supposed to go to um, a few days before we actually met him, and they ended up being shut down. We couldn't go to them. There was like four rehab centers we couldn't go to. Um, in the middle of the day, we found out they got shut down. We ended up a few days later, um, Ryan and Christina spoke at, at a rehab center. Well, one he of ended them up, that was he still ended there. Up, they shut it down, and they put him in jail. He was in there in jail for about a week or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then um, they spoke at a rehab center where, again, a lot went down. The Lord spoke to many people. But he was actually supposed to be there that night. But because he was in jail, we missed him again. So we ended up meeting him at the skate sc- contest where um, 
there was just a lot of things happening. There was a live band, live graffiti, skate contest going on. And they gave an altar call. They gave a message and an altar call for skaters as well. It was awesome to see those guys. Even though they're all a bunch of crazy guys, mm-hmm. they were locked into the message as well. Mm-hmm. And they ended up coming to the Lord. And, like, all of them. And then Ryan asked, like, who has pain in their body? And he was, like, the first guy that came up. And, and so was a girl? There was a girl there was, first. At least two more people, yeah. Yeah, and then he came up last. He's the last one. That's what kind of like, that's where it kind of, there was like a shift. Yeah, that's where something went down as he started praying for But th- both of those people that came up, they ended up getting healed. They had pain in their bodies and they ended up getting healed and like crying the whole thing. Mm. And they walked away. So then when he came up for healing, his friend actually came up. She came up to pray for him. And she laid her hand on him. And when Ryan started praying for him to... um like be healed of anything going on in his body. And then he prayed for anything that's spiritual as not of God to leave in Jesus' name. Right when he said that and she repeated it, that's when he, um, he actually like threw up. And he like went to the ground. And so they kind of just like, hey, take him off to the side. So immediately um, I'm like, this guy, I'm in my head. I'm like, this guy has demon in him. And then she looks at me or she, trans- she translates to Marcella. And Marcella goes, she thinks he has a demon in him. And I'm like, I think so too. And we're at a skate contest. So I'm like, uh, get him and like put him over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that happened. Wow. So, so then after we shut it down and I go pull him over here to the back away from everyone. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna go there. So I go over there and I'm I'm looking around and no, I'm like, where's my team? I'm like, Christina, get over here. <laughs> like, and no, everyone left me with this demon possessed guy because <laughs> I'm like, get all the kids away and everything. Yeah. So I'm sitting there at the tent. I'm sitting at the car with him. And the girl, which is the worship leader of this home church, and my team's gone. And I'm like, and I've been around demon possession. You know, it gets, you know, yeah. you don't want to be around with a demon nope. possessed And you person. see me and you're like, Christina. Dude, I was, I was pissed. I yelled, I yelled at the team. I'm like, dude, I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, get over here. <laughs> yeah. Like, so this guy just manifested and you guys are out like doing whatever. And I'm over here sitting with this guy. I, it took five of us to hold down a 19-year-old demon possessed wow. kid one time. Yeah. So I know. Oh, for sure. The no playing games. I know yeah. the the power of this, mm. so I ain't trying to be by myself. Right. So they all came finally. <laughs> I yelled at them, uh, and then um, and then we were like, "Let's lead him in the prayer." I think you started like leading him in the prayer, like to confess his sins, and yeah. he, he starts going. <laughs> And ground. And this kid he starts manifesting. He tries to run away. He couldn't too. do that. Unforgi- run away. Jesus, yeah. forgive me. All of a sudden, he's just like, and just starts like foaming at the mouth. And he doesn't speak English at all. No. Not a lick, bro. No and lick. he was speaking perfect English. It was like three different voices. I was like, bro. One was like, yeah. like that. And then the other one was like talking perfect English. Very prideful looking, like, mm-hmm. like yeah, and then he attacked you. And I was just you. like, shut up, talk, yeah. dude. Like, don't even. I didn't want to hear what he had to say because mm-hmm. the demons like to mess with your mind. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then he attacked you. And then he attacked me. Try he went to tackle me. Yeah. He For went, real? No, he went to tackle okay. me. He like came at me like a football move, at, like at my waist to like tackle me. And I, but he was like slow, like all the prayer and everything that was happening. Like, so it was just me and Christina at first and he wasn't listening. He was just kind of walking around mm-hmm. and we were like rebuking him in Jesus name, telling him to shut up. But then I called everyone else and said, guys, like we all got to get in here. Like we're like faced off with a demon right now. Right. Yeah. So finally eight of us, everyone comes around and I say, everyone just start praying. And all those movements got really slow. He's foaming at the mouth, spitting up stuff. Like I, I know demons can spit. So I was just like, yeah. I was keeping my distance. <laughs> Cause you know, I have like experience in these. So I'm like, Hey, look, 
back, stay back. But I didn't want to get close to him. But Christina got all close, and I was like, you're getting close to a demon right now. Like, you might get spit on or thrown up on or bit. Yeah, and at that point when but he was, like, down to the ground. I'm like, just so, trying to make light of this sketchy situation. Yeah, yeah it was it, it was, was pretty real. intense. And so when he was, like, so he had at one point taken off his shirt, and there was all these marks on his back, like, deep wounds, mm. and they were all scars. Like and, Rambo for the old people. Like, yeah. remember the scars yeah. on Rambo's back? Like yeah. That. And in Mexico, people could be, like, 30, and they look like they're 12. And I was like, this kid looks young, but he was actually 18. But I was like, maybe he's older, but... So I just was like, at this point, I don't know what his gig is. And so we just like, I just asked my friend Marcel, I was like, dude, just translate. And so the Lord just like showed me just a picture of like his past and his trauma and how like, how, and I was like, I know what it's like to face trauma and forgiveness is huge. Mm -hmm. And so we went through this like thing of like forgiveness, you know, and I like prayed for him. And during that time, like God was like speaking to him, like through this, but God gave him a vision Mm -hmm. of like his past and like and like and god was like showing him this thing and literally when he finally stood up and came to we all like gave him a group hug and that was when he snapped out of it mm-hmm. and that was when like that was a part of his vision where yeah. it was like a family hug or something mm-hmm. and then he opens his eyes and we were actually giving him a hug so literally he gets delivered he said he was mm-hmm. walking through like it was like oh, this all old like burnt down dead force i guess everything was just dead yeah. And then he was there's a picture of it right here. And then this is a picture he, he drew. He was walking and his sister basically cuz his sister got murdered. Mm. So she I guess she was in heaven when he saw her and she says, you know, basically like you need to make the right choice or whatever and then he like said yes, I guess in this vision. Yeah, like I'll see you when your purpose I'll is I'll see fulfilled. when your purpose is complete here on the earth. And he said yes and as he walked through I'll show them on the camera. And he went there you go right here. And then when he walked through the, he crossed the bridge, and then on the other side, there was lions and then, like, fire torches. And yeah. right when he walked through the other side, he says that all the, the – everything was, like, blossoming and stuff. And then he, he yeah. came to. Wow. Yeah. Is that nuts? That's legit. So yeah. this is the guy that was demon-possessed. He drew this up the next day of what he saw. Wow. Yeah. And how he had a vision. And then he stayed on your – like, the tour with you guys, right? Like, yeah. He activated him, and yeah. we put him on tour. Yeah. And he started basically just uh, – he started giving out product and hanging out yeah. with the kids. He was like a different person. It was almost like the, uh, it was almost like the demoniac in his yeah. right mind. Like yeah. he basically gave his life to Jesus, mm. which he was already around. He's already been around a pastor, but he wasn't manifesting. Mm. This is what's interesting. Those rehabs, he was working with a pastor to set up all these rehabs. There was like seventeen rehabs or something. So he was already around a pastor, but he wasn't manifesting. Mm. For whatever reason, when we prayed over him, he manifested. Mm. He got set free. We prayed that he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And now God put a call on his life and he just started serving with us. Mm. And, and basically, um, he went on tour with us the next three days and he was just helping the kids and praying for people. They're praying for people to get healed and like mm. leading them to the Lord. Just like the demoniac, like when he went to the 12 towns yeah. and started telling his story, what, what happened? That's sick. That's exactly what happened to this guy. And um, then we had this other gay kid that gave his life to the Lord at one of the schools. So he gave his life to the Lord. His story really quick is that he had no mom, no dad. I think they died. And then he was raised by the grandparents and he felt alone and depressed and, and he became gay. And he's on the, on my, on our story with the Instagram. He has like the really long nails. I kept trying oh, yeah, to, I yeah. kept trying I to, one, I, I kept giving him food in my oh, story. I with the radish. I tried trying to have him pick it up because the nails are so long. I just mess it. I'm all, here, can you get me a lime? Hey, can you get me some chips? And, and I kept filming him trying to like pick up the things. <laughs> 
Dude, they were seriously like that long. I, I saw, I, I saw that one. He was loving it, but uh, but then Christina because she came out of uh, she used to uh, be gay at one point and struggled with it. She actually got to share with him. That's awesome. Tell me about that little listened. encounter. Yeah, so when we were at dinner, so there was like, so I turned 30 when we were in Mexico. And so like the night of my birthday, we're sitting across from this kid who's telling a story that we just casted the demons out of the day before. Mm -hmm. And then there was this other guy who, you know, came to the Lord, you know, and I just, and the Lord was just like, you need to share with him. Like you need to be straight up with him. And so I just told him, I said, listen, growing up there was two different female figures in my life that were abusive to me so i thought i was a boy dressed like a boy i hated very Mm. feminine things but i ended up liking girls because i ended up being attracted to the very um the very thing that i was lacking in my life like that feminine role you know Mm. and so i was like in your life you haven't grown up with a mom you know, you haven't grown up like even with your dad. And I was like, and I was just was straight up with him. Like, do you like boys? And he was like, my entire life I've struggled. And so we just had this moment where I helped him to see, you know, like why he has struggled, you know, and it was just literally just he like these light bulbs. Like, yeah, it was just, just, yeah. It hit. It was like, bam, bam, yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just right into well, his soul. It sounds like the love of God just started yeah. penetrating his heart. Yeah. yeah. And he was able to just see for the first time. And literally that day, he just was like, because he only like hangs out with the girls. But the mm-hmm. next day, he was like, he was like being one of the guys and trying skateboarding and trying video games and trying to like, you know, set up all the skate ramp stuff. And I told him, I was like, it's an inward out transformation. Mm-hmm. For me, it was inward out. And for you, it's going to be inward out. And it was literally just like God the Father was just touching him. And that's really, in a nutshell, what it was. It was. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are two short stories I want to share because, again, you can't make this stuff up. Um, we ended up going, uh, the pastor from Calvary Chapel, Durango. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to tie in Calvary Chapel pastors because this is on Calvary Chapel stations. Because you could hear about all this stuff and be like, I don't believe it, mm-hmm. right? There's no way all this stuff could really be happening. Well, the first day when everything was happening on, on this tour, when the principals and the teachers and all the students were getting healed, uh, there was a Calvary Chapel pastor from Durango that was there visiting mm-hmm. to come see what we were doing. He was there with us and saw it all oh. go down. So he went to all the other schools, and he was completely baffled. He goes, mm-hmm. I've never seen this many people getting healed and this many people getting saved. So he kept going on the tours with us. Then he goes, hey – this is the real deal. Can you come to our church and do a service? Oh, so wow. we went to his church. We did the service. We lined up, I don't know, 15 people at least. At least, yeah. at least 15 to 20 people. Prayed for every single person. They all got healed. Wow. In his church. Hmm. All of them. Amazing. It happens. And you can go talk to him if you, if you don't believe this story. And then here's another. I, and I told you that story because this is going to lead up to the craziest moment that happened. We were in jail. In the prison guard. All these people get saved. Christina does a spoken word. She speaks. And you should have just did an altar call, but there was more. Yeah. I was like, just do an altar call. Everyone already raised their hand. I'm like, I'll get it. But she waited for me because I guess between her and my word, what was said, it got the whole squad. Mm-hmm. But there was many ready for Jesus when she was talking. Um, so then after that, I go, okay, guys, everyone that needs healing in their body, come up. We're in the middle of the square. No one has guns. We're with the warden, guards with no guns. I'm like, and all these people were there for murder. They're like 3,500, they said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, inmates. No guns, and they're all there for murder. And here we are. (laughs) So we're in the middle, and I call them all forward. So there was like how many total? Like 36 or 32? 32. 32 32 total. So Because I'm telling Daniel, keep a head count of everything that's going on because Mm -hmm. no one's going to believe this stuff. Mm -hmm. 
So I call a guy forward. I pray for him. He gets healed. I call another guy forward. He gets healed. Uh, their backs or necks, whatever. And then I start having them lay hands on the prison guards or lay their hands on people so they would pray so they, they would get healed. Mm. So they're praying for other inmates. They're all getting healed. And then they were like, hey, wait a minute. Christine has to go to the women, so we got to get out of here right now. There's still like how many? There's 26 lined There's up. There's 26 lined up. So I just go, all right, Holy Spirit. Hey, you're radical. You can do whatever you want. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone right now standing, all 26 to get healed in Jesus' name. Mm. And I just, I go, now everyone check their bodies. They all start checking their bodies. Oh my God. And they're in Spanish. They're like, this is amazing. This is a miracle. They're like all like praising, jumping, jumping up and down, like awesome. rejoicing. All, they all get healed in one shot with one prayer. Mm. Dude, they're like blown away. We're praying for warden, uh, uh, prison guards. They're getting healed. Even the juvenile detention center, three of the, the prison guards got healed. I mean, teachers were getting healed at other places, right? Everybody. And we said, who, how many of you guys got healed? And they all raised they their all hands. They all raised their hands. They're all checking their body. You know what? That's amazing. God is pouring out his spirit. And this stuff, I don't doubt you guys. If you're listening and you're like, I just can't wrap my head around it. I couldn't wrap my head around it either. <laughs> the first couple of days, I could not wrap mm. my head around it. But it's just non-stop. Mm. And there's an increase. It's happening. And if, if there's the great awakening coming, which there is, and revival's breaking out, which there is, because we've been in the middle of a revival mm. for the last four years. Mm. We're seeing so many people get saved. It's nonstop. And it's increasing. The only way I could say is what I'm seeing with the work of the Holy Spirit right now is it's a snowball effect. Mm. It's growing. And listeners, if you don't jump on board, you're going to read about it in the history books mm. later. Right now, I would encourage everyone Get on board. Don't put Jesus in a box just because you're taught a certain way. Look at the scriptures. What the scripture says, that's what's able to happen. And there's so much more of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and how he operates. It's, there's a lot more in there than you could even imagine. Don't put him in a box. Don't say he can't do it. He can do whatever the heck he wants, and he does. And that's why the scriptures show Jesus moving in so many weird, random ways, spitting, putting mud on the eyeball, mm. silver or gold I do not have, stand up and walk. I mean, all these illustrations, that they're there for us. Hit a stone, water comes out, lift the staff, the sea's open. It's all there. Yeah. Whatever he wants. We love you guys. And we're going to just continue this show. We'll be talking uh, to you guys next Saturday. Peace. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. many students as we possibly can with the message of the gospel. This is no easy task. 
We need kingdom builders like you to join us in this battle against the ever-increasing noise that surrounds the lives of these students. Please consider helping us expand this mission by partnering with the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. Thank you for empowering future generations with us. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.